going? How do you keep going? Um, if you don't know me, uh, I've a family of uh, um, three children, and during lockdown um, over this past while, we have been on a good number of walks um, to different places. In fact, we've discovered quite a few walks along uh, uh, in the past few months, new places to go. Um, and if you were on a family walk with us, um, you'd find that occasionally things get said like, how long is this going to be? Um, or are we nearly there yet? Or can we have something to eat now? Which is occasionally me as well, I have to say. Um, and so when we're on a walk together and when we're out, um, we, we try and give lots of encouragement. We try and encourage one another. Um, so we might say, yet yeah, we'll stop for a chocolate biscuit soon. Don't worry. Um, or along the way, we might, with kind of good uh, excitement and encouragement, spot something and point out and say, oh, look, look, a, uh, a, a butterfly there. Look at that beautiful butterfly. Have you, oh, have you seen one like that before? Look, it's there by the river. Can you see? It's, it's, isn't that beautiful? What a beautiful piece of creation. There's a butterfly. Have you seen that? Lots of excited encouragement along the way. And perhaps we need that even more so when a journey is long and hard. And especially at the moment, if you think about it. Clearly this COVID-19 journey we are on is a hard one and a long one. And it may be that you heard the news this week and felt pretty discouraged. Perhaps you had a strong sense that, okay, this is, this is going to be on for a good number of months, more than I was thinking. I wasn't expecting them to talk about Christmas and the spring. Maybe your heart was heavy in that way. Perhaps you found yourself not only discouraged, but perhaps a little discontent. Maybe you found yourself pretty annoyed at people uh, or different powers that be. How are we going to keep going in this? How much more important then is the question, how do we keep going spiritually at the moment? How do we keep going spiritually? How do we not just fall into a spiritual discontentment? How do we not just fall into a spiritual grumpiness with our situation or those around us? We're starting out in the book of Philippians uh, through um, the next part of uh, this term together. And Paul's message in it is this. Although things are hard... You can keep going, and you can find contentment. Uh, We call it strive together in all circumstances. And we're going to look at that as we go through this term. But today I want to focus on this opening that we had read and uh, this opening prayer. Um, And there's just a couple of things that I want to draw out for us and look at. And the first of that, those, is is how Paul encourages the church uh, there and says, first of all, Know the journey you're on. This is one of the most helpful things. Know the journey that you are on. And if I can reread the opening um, for us, uh, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And if I can just highlight a couple of those words. He talks, he says uh, the word began. Uh, He began a good work in you. And then he says until the day, until the day of Christ Jesus. 
what he's doing, if you like, is he's saying, let me just map out for you the spiritual journey that we are all on. God has begun this work in you, he says. Um, now, it's a plural. It's actually, it's you all. Um, I don't, if, you're, if you're somebody who knows this part of the Bible and knows this verse, it's, it's a verse that um, it can be quite familiar, being confident of this, that he began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. And we can often hear it as being about me. So he, he sort of, God, uh, at some point in the past, perhaps you, you know when he began a work in your life and you kind of track through. But actually what he's talking about here is them as a group of believers, uh, as a group together. He's saying he began this work in all of you together. And he is taking you on this journey. And I know, says Paul, he's going to get you there. He's mapping out uh, where they've come from and where they're going to. He says there's a day of Christ Jesus, Jesus ahead, a day when everything is going to be complete. You'll be the finished article. But you're not there yet. You're on a journey. And I'm sure many of us have uh, have been on journeys. I'm sure many of us are sort of used to uh, Google Maps or uh, the equivalent by some other service provider. Um, and these days you kind of see uh, like this, you, you kind of, you figure out, you plug it in and you might be familiar with the kind of blue line that it draws from where, you, where you're starting from and, and where you're going to get to and a little arrow that kind of makes its way up as you make your way through the journey. And um, we're pretty used to that these days, I imagine. Um, so you can see, well, we were there, and, and now we're here, but we're going to be there. You can map it out. These days, if, in a, when we travel as a family, when someone says, oh, we're nearly there yet, and we're in the car, you just point out, and you say, well, Google says it's another 35 minutes, so no, we're not there yet. Uh, it might even say, if you veer off course, um, make a U-turn. Um, if any of you enjoyed me making a U-turn across the camera screen, if you saw last week on our live stream, uh, one of those. And it's like that with the Philippians. He is narrating their shared story, their journey together. They began the Christian life, but it's not finished yet. There is still a way to go. And it's one of the most valuable pieces of information, is to know where you are in the journey. And he does it, but he does it lovingly and gently with them. Um, I don't know you can hear the affection in his voice as he goes on. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains, uh, when he's uh, in, in prison or, and has been in prison at various points and is writing from prison, or defending and confirming the gospel when he's not, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you, with the affection of Christ Jesus. Can you hear in his voice the tone, the, the love that he has for them? And why that's important is he's not just writing them saying, look, you guys over there at some distance saying, look, would you just get on with it, please? He's not writing like that. He's writing saying, I know the challenges. I know the struggles. I know it's hard. And we are in this. And we are heading there together. We are on this journey. Knowing where you are is really important. And when you know where you are, what helps then is how you view what's happening around you. So when you know where you are, you can stop and you can start to see what is going on around you. And that moves us into Paul's prayer. And he prays, if I can put it this way, that they will be able to spot 
the butterflies that are around them. So this is how he prays, and this is what he's, uh, he's encouraging them. He wants them, firstly, to know the journey, and then secondly, have a Jesus lens on the here and now. Uh, verse 9, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insights, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now again, let me highlight a couple of words in there. First, the insight. He's praying for their insight, the way they see. And he's praying that they will be able to discern what is best. They will see really wisely, and they will see what is good. He wants this love that they have to become more and more insightful. Now, what exactly does that mean? I take it it's primarily their love for God. I want your love for God to become more and more um, uh, just filled and, and insightful that it shapes the way you view the world around you here and now. Um, spiritual discernment is what he's talking about. Um, it's not something we often talk about. Um, if I can point you in the direction of this um, book, which is by Hannah Anderson, it's called All That's Good, Recovering the Lost Art of Discernment. She writes about spirit, the gift of spiritual discernment, seeing wisely. Um, it's not something we uh, talk about a great deal, but it's exactly what Paul is praying for uh, them here. He says, this is what I'm praying for, that you will abound, you will overflow with this kind of um, spiritual insight and discernment. Um, I have something of a, um, a, a passing um, interest in photography. Um, this is not a photo I took, by the way. <laughs> I, um, in case you, I, I do have, a, I've, I've got quite an interest in photography. I love taking photos, and I'm kind of looking at how photographers have, have framed uh, their shots, uh, how they've um, uh, kind of put things together. And a really good photographer is able to draw your eye to things. Uh, perhaps it's the way they set up and arrange the shot of the landscape they're taking, uh, the right framing, uh, the right way they position the camera, the proportions, perhaps even the right filter. Uh, they draw your eye to something that you might have missed. And Paul is saying to them, I want your love for Jesus to be the lens through which you view the here and now, that you're becoming more insightful, your lens is getting clearer. That's what I'm praying for you, that you'll be able to discern what is best, what is excellent, what is good, that you'll be able to spot the butterflies that are around you. So that one of the uh, Christians at um, Philippi might have been able to say, look, yeah, things aren't easy at the moment. Things are really hard but you know, that Christian sister of mine is really growing in her faith at the moment. I can see it. Someone might say, I've not been able to see my family since lockdown began. I've not been able to see my parents since lockdown began. But do you know, I've actually been able to get my, to know my near neighbor whom I didn't know. I'm missing things going on in the evening. I'm, I'm missing the kind of activity, the social uh, time that I would have had with people. It's been really hard to have lost that. But I can see that God has given me something of a gift of time back. 
Now, why would spotting the butterflies, why would that be so important? We needed just to fill out a little bit of background. The story about the church in Philippi comes uh, from the book of Acts, as was mentioned. And Paul had helped found this church, a little Gentile, that's non-Jewish group, largely, who had formed a church um, in Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony, and it had not been an easy start for them. So you can go back and uh, read the story. Paul um, uh, and the events at the beginning of the church's life had been taken. He had been attacked with stones uh, for the proclamation of the Christian faith. He had been put in prison. In the book, a little later on, Paul will talk to them and says, I know you are suffering in the ways that I have. I know you're under that kind of pressure too. You can imagine, perhaps they were worshipping in fear of being arrested like Paul was. Figuring out, how do you live as Christians with a powerful anti-Christian or non-Christian authority over you? Perhaps worried that when they meet, they'll find one of their church has been taken and arrested and put in prison, as others had been. He knows they were facing challenges. He knows they were in need. Again, at the, towards the end of the book, he says, I, I know you have needs. I know, guys, this isn't easy for you. This little church in the shadow of the Roman superpower, they could easily, couldn't they, have become downcast. They could have easily become spiritually discouraged. They could easily have become spiritually discontent. And what's really challenging here from Paul as he begins this is he's not just kind of putting his arm around them and saying, don't worry guys, it'll be all right. He's not doing that. He's saying, I know this is hard. I know this is really challenging for you guys. And I am praying that you are more and more going to be able to navigate this journey even so. I'm praying more and more that you'll see the good that is happening around you. I'm praying that you'll be better and better at this. That's my prayer for you. Uh, A a line that I um, uh, have stolen from Ruth uh, uh, on our staff team here. Praying that more and more you'll be able to see the Jesus silver linings in the hardship that I know you face. He's praying that they will see the butterflies around them. Now, I think this can help us as we step back and see our own situation. It takes a lot of work to see the good at the moment, doesn't it? Let's be honest with one another. It takes quite a lot to see the good at the moment. And you may well have processed the announcements this week, and you're just your heart sank at how, how this is playing out. Perhaps the sheer toll of lockdown has meant you are pretty spiritually weary at this point. I said at a prayer meeting recently that I don't think we've ever been quite so aware of the number of deaths that are happening in our society as we are at the moment, where we get daily graphs that we're given. We get uh, statistics that that come through um, every day. We're more and more aware, more and more aware of the mental health issues that have been compounded by the experience of lockdown for many people. 
If you're a teacher here, um, or a parent, or someone involved in working in a school, I don't know what it's been like for you just living with, is there, is there a kind of level of, of underlying tension uh, through school life? Uh, are, we, how, are people coming too close? What's meant to happen in the corridors? Are we getting it right? Are the distances okay? The cloud of looming redundancy that some face, or financial worry, or the loneliness, the sheer loneliness of these past few months, the isolation, the lack of family support when you really need it, the, the lack of being able to find somebody and reach out and receive a hug that you need. And Paul begins this letter by saying to them, saying to us, he says to them, I am rooting for you in this. I know this is hard. And I am praying that you will be able to see what is excellent, even amidst the hardship you face. I'm just asking you, I'm praying to the Lord that you will see the butterflies that are around you. I wonder in all the, uh, the challenge at this point, the hardship that we have faced, what are our instinctive responses as you process your own thinking at the moment? Is it discontentment? Grumbling. Are we quick to blame those around us? Paul says, are you looking for the butterflies that are around you? That is what I am praying for you. So yes, it it has become harder to meet people. Uh, It has become more challenging. And that isn't easy. But what can you see in this situation? Is it somebody who has just been a remarkable example to you of godly patience? Church isn't how we'd want it to be. Lots of ways we'd, uh, we'd, we'd like things to be back as they were. Perhaps it feels like we're being denied something or kind of limited in some way. What is our response together going to be in that? I think about our hopes to revitalize uh, another church uh, with James and Emily. I've talked a little bit about this uh, in our prayer meetings. Uh, in my own heart, I, th- I often think it would be much easier if we could see people and we could uh, get people together and we could talk face to face and make plans. What is my response? What are our responses? Can we see how Jesus might be using this? Where are the butterflies around us? Next week, as we carry on, uh, Paul is going to talk through more examples of how he does this. Some of them are really quite striking, the way he views the world around him. But for now, his opening prayer is to say, I am rooting for you. I am praying hard that you will be so filled with wonder at the Lord Jesus. Your vision filled with him, that as you look around, even in the hardships you face, you'll be able to spot the butterflies. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, we pray as we begin this, uh, this next phase, this uh, new term together and all it will bring, Lord, would we be those whose vision is filled with the Lord Jesus and that together you would encourage us to see where you are, are at work, that we might spot the butterflies around us. We pray. Amen.